0: Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of.
1: Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online.
0: I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true.
1: Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes.
0: This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. And for those of you who may be listening for the first time, well, I think you're going to be in for a great surprise because many of us are on a journey. And I think some of the things you're going to hear today, you've heard before. You probably have those things going on in your head daily. uh, And it's all about optimism. And our guest today is Andrea Johnson. And Andrea, you do a podcast on optimism, correct?
1: I do, it's on uh, women's leadership and how we do what we
0: do with intentional optimism. So explain what intentional optimism is.
1: Intentional optimism is not just a personal growth plan. And it's not, I mean, it's not just a philosophy, it is a personal growth plan. It is encompassed by six tenets Uh, And I can walk through those in a minute if you'd like, but the whole point of it is to have an attitude, a set of of attitudes and mindsets with which we do what we do. And when I was a manager, I always worked with my staff on having their goals and then having specific competencies that we would develop. And that's how I would explain it. And intentional optimism for me is a conscious decision to grow and to thrive and to make sure I do it in a way that is just, I don't know, I, I needed to be more sanguine. <laughs> I, needed <to> stop. <laughs> I needed to stop looking at the the hard stuff all the time and being depressed about it. And I said, wait a minute, I have to flip all this stuff on its head. And so I sat down and I really worked through it. And that's, that's what came up.
0: Well, and one of the things that I have learned through not just my education, but my education dealing with many different people, is that we allow those old tapes to keep playing over and over in our heads. Sure. Uh, we, we remember when we were kids and, you know, mom or dad said, you've got to do it this way. And so you became very rigid um, or you were an obstinate child and you did it your own way. Um, but I like that thought that many of us are using today of being intentional about what it is you want to do, not just you know, hey, if it happens, it happens. Because oftentimes that's what depresses us.
1: Oh, sure. I mean, if we're relying on something else to actually act on our behalf, (laughs) (laughs) you know, if we're relying on the crossroads to actually come together without actually walking, if we're relying on all the pieces of a puzzle to come together like they do on this wonderful little graphic on the television, that's never going to happen. And there's no way that anything that you, any dream you have, any idea you have is actually going to come to fruition without any action. So when we say we're intentionally optimistic,
0: it's having a mindset and an action behind it. So you you mentioned that when you were a manager, um, you you use this philosophy. how How do you get people who are so rigid that say, oh, that's just not going to work? because I have a son who is 31 years old and everything is black and white. And if you give him a suggestion, no matter what it is, it's always, no, that's not going to work. Even though he may take it and do it that way, his mind still says that. And I've noticed that there are a lot of very young people that have that mindset. You know what? I don't see it. It's not going to work. Can't do it. Well, I'm going to push back just a little bit I have a, I have a almost 13
1: year old son and he is highly um, allergic to suggestions. So I fully understand. Um, But as a coach, I'm going to push back a little bit here and say, he might tell you that that won't work, but then he takes it and does it, which to me speaks louder, right? It's like that says that he might see things in black and white, but then he actually examines it and says, oh, okay. Um, I think. I'm also, and the other thing to share here is that I am a certified behavioral, behavioral analysis um, consultant in the DISC philosophy. So that's the four dominant um, influencer steady and uh compliant the four categories there and the nice thing about that is we're all a part of that in some way um and to be able to see like my son is a high d he's a high dominant which sounds you know it's like everything or the c very black and white everything's black and white i'm a really high i (laughs) so everything is possible for me um but being able to understand how to communicate with other people makes all the difference in the world. And as a manager, I, well, that's why I'm not a manager anymore, because I, I was literally stuck with literally those people. And if they didn't want to grow, I couldn't make them. right. And I said, I want to help people. So that's why I have transitioned out of working for someone else to working for myself and being a coach, because now the clients that I work with, they come to me because they want to grow. They come to me because they want to change or to be an intentional optimist. So when we, when we view other people's communication styles as being black and white, I think a lot of times it's, we're seeing it as the only way that we can see it, which is through our perspective. Right. And that's another piece of intentional optimism is being able to see things through other perspectives besides just our own.
0: Well, I'm glad you said that because one of the things that has developed over the last year with my son, um, He's 31 years old and all of a sudden we're seeing that he listens to what we're saying and we'll say, no, I can't do it. But then he will come back and he will say, okay, I've thought about it and this is how I did it. And I always has to just tweak it just a little bit. So it's his own, which I think is wonderful sure. because there's no one way that everything has to be done. But I asked him, I said, what made, what is making you change? And his comment was, you know what? It was time to mature. And I thought that was a very good comment because I look back at myself and probably when I was his age, I was the same way. You know, if somebody told me to do something, you know, if it didn't fit my mindset at the time, I was going to do it my way
1: are we all like that though, Karen? I mean, I so. as we, as we look back, um, I, I have ta- we've talked to my, talking with my husband this week about our son and it was like, I don't know that I wanted to go off to a four-year college. I think I want to stay home for a couple of years to be community college. It would have benefited me but at 18, you could not tell me. I mean, I grew up overseas. So for me going to college, meant coming all the way back from Korea to the States. And so that was very far away from my family. It was very difficult for me. I would have benefited from staying home for a little while, but I, you know, I'm 55 and I didn't sit down until, and, and unfortunately it was precipitated by a very traumatic event in my life when my mother passed away when I was 50, but it wasn't until I was 50 that I really sat down and said, I want to be super intentional about what I do. Some of us just take longer to learn things and we need to give ourselves a little grace. But, you know, for some of us looking at 31 think, oh, that's a really long time. And I'm like, yeah, but I was 50. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of it is being able to say we all grow at our own pace and as long as we're moving forward the progress is what's important and I think it's exciting when you finally get to that point in a relationship with a child to say oh my goodness they're growing up and we yep. hit those stages right it's like they they grow to a, like a spot and then you're like right. what who's this and then they grow again and that growth spurt is always a little hard but when they land it's like oh exactly and we're in one of those right now so <laughs>
0: Well, and you brought up a very good message that it's not necessarily about age and changing. Um, And ageism is so dominant in our society that I have heard people, you know, say to me, I can't believe at 60s you launched, you know, becoming a, a podcaster and you started doing web design and, you know, Like, why didn't she do it earlier? Think of all the things you could have accomplished. And my comment is, but I'm accomplishing it now. I wasn't absolutely. Yeah. I wasn't ready at 20 or 30 or 40. Um, And, you know, we all hear about Grandma Moses, you know, started painting in her 80s and 90s. You know, was there anything wrong with that? She wasn't ready prior to that. So if I were to come to you, and say, you know, Andrea, I know I need to make some changes, but I have no idea what it is. Mm -hmm. How can you guide me? Is that what you do? Or am I supposed to come to you and say, hey, this is how I want to change?
1: (laughs) Yes, both of them. Um, So, for instance, I run a collaborative community for female entrepreneurs who basically already kind of know where they want to go. And the purpose of that community, it's a, like a paid membership. And the purpose of that community is to provide accountability, some structure and encouragement and community. And that's for people who already kind of know the direction they want to go, especially women like me or like you who have pivoted out of whatever we were doing, even if it was a retirement or whatever, pivoted out and we're on a mission, right? It's like our brand Right. and our hearts are completely encompassed with this other thing that doesn't pay our bills yet. And so, and it's called Launch from the Beach because I do, um, I, I share intentional optimism with a little bit of a sailboat motif and the idea of having your boat on the beach doesn't do you any good. You have to get it in the water. So Together we do these things and we, we get our boats in the water, but that's what launch from the beaches. So that's one side of how I work with you if you already know what you want to do. But as a life coach, as a certified life coach, I actually can sit down with you and kind of talk through, and I've done this with quite a few one-on-one clients, where we look at like a full, this is pretty typical, a life wheel, right? How are you doing in your health? What's, what is it in your career? Or how about your finances? When we look at all those aspects to your life, then we kind of figure out where do you want to work first? Because like it or not, we are not one-dimensional beings. We are body, mind, soul, and spirit. And if you don't address all of those, you're going to fall somewhere. And if you think about, I think Zig Ziglar might've come up with the wheel originally, but everybody uses it. Right. And I love Ha- literally handing a piece of paper to a client and having them color in the spokes on that wheel. And you can even change what it may be that health is not an issue for you. Um, but if any one of those is any one of those spokes or areas of your life is either really low or really high, think about putting that on a car <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> or on a
1: bicycle. It's like, boom, 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 right? Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. So then it kind of makes it very clear. This is where we start. And I, I had a client that I ended up working with her on weight management and weight loss. That's not necessarily my specialty, though. I have a lot of experience in that area as a gastric bypass patient, but that was not something we planned on working on. It was the next thing that came up. And um, so as a life coach, yeah, I sit down with you and I, you know, if you say I have all these things, all right, well, let's, let's kind of narrow it down and see what needs to be first. Um, which kind of goes along with a book that I love to share, which is the one thing, um, and being able to, to pare it down and say, what is the one thing that today would make everything easier or irrelevant? Right. So that's what we kind of do in life coaching.
0: And, you know, I think it's really important that before we even contact a life coach, we contact our inner life coach and try to find out, Hey, you know, why is it I want to change? Um, when I left corporate America, right around 12 years ago, um, I, I didn't want to leave, but I knew I had to leave. Um, and I was leaving because my coworkers all saw me as somebody who, was, who should be retired. They were 20, 30 years younger than me. And I was running in faster circles than they were. And they didn't like that. And I knew that. And so it caused this real stressful situation in an area that I loved working in. Mm. And so I really had to do some soul searching. Do I want to give up my good income? Do I want to give up working with the students I'm working with? Mm. Do I want to make a career change? And if so, what does that actually mean? And I went into a full depression over it. But that's what that's what took me out of it, because as soon as I hit bottom, it was like, I don't want to be here. And so I started seeking out all this information, learning about life coaches Um, and the first life coach that I work with. The first time we sat down, she said, I think you're going to teach me more than Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you because you've really dug deep. So that's great. Regarding your clients, if if they don't get inside where it's really aching, can they move on? No, we can always move, right? It's
1: like, I think that that we can always move on. It's just, are we moving number one in the direction we want, at the speed we want, or with the kind of life quality that we want? And there are times when stepping back and downplaying or downsizing or pairing back, is, is a perfect way or slowing down to speed up is a perfect example of saying, Oh, I need to cut something out. Um, if it's, so you didn't want to leave corporate. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was super ready for somebody okay. to not to, for somebody to just for actually, let me put it this way. I was ready to not have somebody else tell me what to do, sure. or how much I could make right now. It wasn't an easy decision. It took me 23 years, but I was ready all 23 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you actually stop to think so for somebody I've had consultations with people who weren't quite ready for a life coach and cause that's an investment, right? right? It is an investment in yourself. It's an investment of your time. It's an investment of your money. And there are all different ones out there. And I think that it's very important. And as I've said, there's some I've had consultations with that. I've, you know, we've decided, no, we're not going to work together. Or they've decided, I'll let you know. And I'm like, we're not going to work together, <laughs> but being able to be ready to look yourself in the mirror, be ready to see your hard things, be ready to do some hard work. Those are the things you have to be willing to do when you want to talk and work with a life coach. And, you know, even if it's in the area and, and, every life coach is going to focus a little bit differently. My focus is more leadership. And I do that with women specifically on how you lead yourself and then how you lead everyone around you. And we all are unique leaders and we all have specific skills and strengths and abilities. And if we don't use those, then we're never going to feel fulfilled. And if we don't do all of that in line with our values, our core values, and we all have them, we just may not know what they are. Um, But if you're not ready to do that kind of work, then you're not really looking for a life coach. You might be looking for a group program, or you might be looking for a course or a class. There's nothing wrong with that. We all have to be gracious with ourselves where we are. And if that's the case, like I used to interview people as a manager and I more than at least two or three times, uh, I said, this is not, you're not going to get hired here, but let's talk about how you could get hired someone else, somewhere else. And one lady, I said, you need to invest in a little bit of a skillshare. You need these skills and these skills and these skills, if you want this kind of job. And that's the way we help each other and help each other grow. And I think it's very important to, um, to make sure that we know that we're on the page that our life coach is on. And if it means we need a course before we go to a life coach, that's okay too. Um, So I have a free resource, which is my podcast. I also have a, a Facebook group and those are the kind of places where you can, and I have a newsletter where you can kind of learn those things from me before we actually make that kind of investment.
0: And I think it's also important for our listeners to know that it's okay not to be perfect when you're making these changes and you may fail along the way. Um, Oh, there's no may about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I grew up in a family that um, I basically was told failure was not acceptable, but I misread my parents when they said that. Mm. What they meant was if you fail, figure out why you failed yeah. and and get better at it. I just kept hearing you better not fail. Oh, and so yeah. I I worked so hard in my life, you know, that if I was close to failing, I would scoot out of that situation oh. so I wouldn't fail. So for a long time I, I was I wasn't learning lessons. I was just learning to shift around and Um, it happened when I was leaving corporate America. Um, I basically said to them, I'm going to leave you with a list of things that really should be done in this job. (laughs) And they looked at me like, are you crazy? And I said, no, you don't have to do anything with it, but I'm going to leave it for you. And that's when I knew I could put down my failures. Don't do it this way. Because this was the result. These are some of the other things you have to do. And it wasn't until about a year or two ago that somebody from that same department found me on Facebook and said, did you leave this list of information? And I said, yes. And they said, well, you're absolutely right. However, they won't let us do it that way. So I'm quitting today, which I thought was like amazing to hear. But I think in life, we all have to look outside the box. Sure. We can't all do things the same way. So tell me a little bit about, you said you have a workshop online. What would that be like? So I don't have a workshop, but I have a membership program. Okay.
1: So um, it is a collaborative community. And when I say collaborative, I'm an Enneagram six. I do everything in community. (laughs) It's like, I don't mind being the leader and I don't mind being the teacher, but even as I coach and as I work with other women, it's a constant What do we both bring to the table? So there's a lot of give and take, but as you, and you have perfect experience in this, as you leave corporate or academia, like me, or the medical profession, a lot of these places that had some very, very real structure, and you pursue something that you really feel called as a mission to do. And I don't mean that in a religious sense. I just mean, it's a burning passion for you, right? right? When you do that, a lot of times you don't have this, you might have the know-how, the smarts, the strengths and the abilities, but you may not have the structure or someone else saying, here's your deadline. Or, you know, I mean, all of those things that we have in a job right, where we're being paid, somebody else gives us a deadline. I come from academic medicine. So not only did we have grants and contracts, but we had publishing, you know, these are talking peer review. So all those kinds of things, it's really helpful to have. So in this community, we provide a structure, rhythms of how we, how we set our goals and how we reflect on them and how we move forward. The reminder that goals are points on the horizon. They're not necessarily tasks, you know, and um, when we set Structure up like that, it gives us a little bit of a scaffolding within which to work. And there's plenty of room for each person to negotiate that a little bit for themselves. But on top of that, we give accountability. And that is a word that in the corporate world, I have found so many people just react with this, this no, it's like wailing and gnashing of teeth. But I want to make, I don't know a better word for it. So if somebody else can come up with a better word, I'd love it. But what I mean by that is kind of a mutual, carrying of each other's burdens and making the load lighter. When I talk about putting the sailboat in the water, if it's, this is an analogy that some people will get and some people won't, but If you're trying to deadlift something like that, you're not going to get it in the water by yourself. You have to wait for the tide to come in, but five or six people or, you know, four just picking it up. will get it into the water where it will start floating and then you can get it out through the shallows. So it's that accountability to your own dreams and your own goals. And to be able to kind of, I have shiny object syndrome, you know, a little bit of tigger (laughs) and be able to say, no, 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 this is your message. You're, you're over here. Come back to this center place. Or didn't you mean to do this or. You know, we have monthly meetings for goal setting we have monthly zoom meetings for kind of checking in and seeing how we're doing. But the last piece of that is community and building a community of women helping women to grow and to thrive no matter what they're doing, you know, if it's a course creator or a local business owner, you know, who has a brick and mortar or someone who's in television production or like me as a coach, the point is to find other women who are leaders to be able to lift us up and to be able to go to and be a sounding board. And to have, I mean, I have women who are like, they're texting each other and Marco following each other outside of the actual community, which tells me we're building relationships. Women thrive in that kind of environment. And that's what I want to provide for people is especially female entrepreneurs. I'm not going to say if you're, an, if you're not an entrepreneur, you can't be in the group. I'm not going to say that, but there will be plenty of stuff in there that's very entrepreneur based that right. you might not Find um, applies to you. But who knows?
0: I think we're all entrepreneurs at heart anyway. Oh, so, <laughs> you know, it, it, to some degree, yes. You know, we yeah. may not give ourselves that title at times. Um, but what I'm hearing from you is very, very important because when you come together truly in community, you come together to work together, to assist each other, to guide. Um, it takes away some of the information that many of us had in corporate America of the mean girl syndrome, which is exactly what I went through. Um, And I found it extremely destructive to everything that I was doing. I had to go home every night, reset myself so that I could come back in, in the morning. And by the end of the day, that mean girl syndrome had started again. And now I'm finding that many of them Are now changing their behaviors because they've seen as they've gone on that same attitude was given to them. So it's really about finding that community where you can connect, but also to be open to it. You know, um, none of us have all the answers.
1: Well, and my message to women is you don't have to look like any other leader you think is a leader. Right. You don't have to look like the typical six foot two blonde hair, blue eyed male with the MBA that is quote unquote the leader in corporate. And mean girl goes way back to elementary school for right. me. I was the chubby kid. And then, you know, it was just <laughs> you name it. Women have been set up in. Our society to know that we have to compete for certain amount of slots, to compete for certain amount of money. And even just telling my son, who's, you know, he's a blonde-haired blue-eyed. So it's gonna be, you know, so it's okay. just like, oh, I'm setting you up, buddy. But um, being able to tell him, even all the way back to the 1700s, women only made for the same job 75% of what men make, it just it's not changed since right. then. And being able to say, this is why we have a mindset that tells us we're in competition. And I want to like go eh, and scratch the record and say, take it off. If you're, if you don't know what a record is, <laughs> Google it. Um, Cause <laughs> I want to just do that whole scratch thing and yep. say, no, no, no. You don't have to look like anybody else. You don't have to sound like anybody else. You are a leader in your own right. And as we work together and, Pool all of our strengths. We are way bigger as a sum than we are as individual parts. And when we can do that as women, I think the world is going to be overcome and overwhelmed. And that's not a, that's not a, like, we're going to take it over and right. men are going to suffer. That's not what it is. We have the ability, we have the capacity, capabilities. We just don't always have that. We have the capacity. We don't always have the capability, right? It's like, so figuring out how to provide that for women, especially for solopreneurs who like me, I don't have a staff. Um, So there are times when I really need to bounce an idea off of somebody and I'm fortunate to have friends, but I can go inside my community, even though it's my community and be vulnerable and say, what do y'all think about this? And have them say, whoa, wait, why would you do that? Or that sounds great. You know, those are the kinds of things that we need to find as women to build each other up. And when we can get out of that mean girl mentality or that competition mentality, it makes all the difference. You know, I think of a barrel of monkeys where um, they, they have one arm up and one arm down. And so as I go up, somebody's helping me up and I turn around and help the next person. That's what it's about.
0: And that's why I like the fact that there are so many of us out there podcasting. Somebody asked me this weekend, so where are you on the charts? And my comment was, I don't know. I don't don't care. (laughs) I don't either. I I said, we get our messages out. I find individuals who are our guests who have a message that they can say it better than I can. And I want them to because I know where my strengths are. I know where my weaknesses are. But at the same time, you know, it's when we talk about success, some people are going to count the greenbacks and say, that's how I know I'm successful. And yes, money is wonderful. And we all would like to have it, Yep. but that doesn't necessarily make you successful. Uh, I've had relatives who've made lots and lots of money um, and nobody has any idea what they've done in life and neither do they. They're just like, okay, I can go sit on the beach for an extra week. Mm. At the end of my day, I know that um, I'm sharing my vulnerability. Therefore, I'm learning from people like yourself and my other guests. And we are providing to our listeners that, hey, there are opportunities out there. Yes, you have to go out for them.
1: Yeah. Like I said, there's an action involved. And if I could really quick share the tenets of intentional optimism as a sailboat, just because I've already mentioned that, but if you're not a sailor, this might still make a little bit of sense, but um, there's six tenets and the very first is optimistic. And this is, and that just makes, that just makes sense, right? You have to start with optimism, but this is actually having the hull of your boat. I grew up sailing on the Uh, West coast of South Korea. And my parents were missionaries there. So we would go every summer to the beach and we had these little sunfish, like 13 and a half or 14 foot sailboats with a single triangle sail. Right. I mean, it's the simplest thing you can draw as a kid. Right. And those things, we put that thing on the, on the water and it's going to float. I mean, it just is, it's just this great little boat and it's going to float, but this is your, this is your optimism. This is the hope for the future. This is the uh, possibility seeking all that kind of thing. The next piece is present. And I think that that has a little bit of a, uh, it's a buzzword being present, right? But in intentional optimism, this is your centerboard. This is what goes down through the center of the hull of your boat and is the counterbalance for your sail. If you don't have a center board, then it's like having the roots to a tree. If you don't have roots, it's gonna blow over in the biggest wind, right? And even a small wind. And that includes things like having a sense of wonder and being kind and open. And, um, and yes, being present, but being grounded and understanding who we are. The third tenant is current, is uh, energetic, sorry. And that's your sail. That's that big triangle piece of fabric. And what it does is you don't actually actually create the wind, but it you capture the wind with that. And you're not going to go anywhere if you don't have any energy. So you have to understand how to capture your own joy and how to manufacture your own excitement and how to be life focused and how to understand that, um, that everything we do matters and we choose what kind of energy to have. So we have optimistic, present, Energetic. And the fourth one is courageous. This is the riggings, right? It's all about having some kind of a tension. If if it's letting out the tension so that you can catch the wind or pulling in the tension so that you actually harness it and go faster. Because sometimes you need to stop, right? And you slow down. But courage is all about being um, a leader. It's like stepping out, being that lead goose, you know, in the, in the formation or um, being undaunted and letting the challenges of life um, come and go and just understand that we can live up to them. We can actually figure things out. And then the fifth tenet is wisdom. So it's being wise. That's your rudder or on a big boat. That's your, your wheel. And this keeps you pointed in the right direction. Otherwise you're just going to go in a circle. And so having that wisdom to be understanding respect and uh, how we care for others and what's important. And then the final tenet is intentionality or being intentional. And it kind of bookends it, but this pulls it all together. This helps you understand with those five pieces in place, what am I going to do with them? what's my purpose what's my plan and how do i actually grow to become that person and that's another thing that i talk about a lot in my membership community is the purpose of doing everything we do with intentional optimism is growing ourselves into the person we need to be to achieve those goals and dreams so that's that's intentional optimism in a nutshell but that's how we do what we do
0: well All those things we we can recognize, okay, if we're honest with ourselves. Absolutely. And and that is the big thing. When somebody says they want to change, and I don't care if it's their eating habits, um, their job, their relationship, unless you take those steps to do it, nothing's going to change. So I had an incident last week that... I'm on medication. The medication is just puffing up my face. And I called the doctor and I said, you know, I'm working out, I'm losing weight. This is wonderful. But everybody who knows me is noticing that my face got all puffy and it's like, Oh, Karen, you haven't lost weight, you know, because it shows in your face. And I had to be intentional about it to understand what others were saying and what the reality is and to say it's okay if that's what you see that's what you see but I know what I need to deal with I know what level I'm at and my husband said to me that's probably the smartest thing you've ever done in your whole life he said because you listen to people normally and that drags you down he said so you know where you want to go you're going there He said, so, you know, keep riding the bike, doing what you're doing to stay healthy. And the doctors even said, and you know what? Your face is going to be rounder probably in another month. And so I cried for about 30 seconds. Mm. And I said, you know what? It's just one feature of the many that we have. And so for those listening, you know, not everything is going to be perfect as you move forward.
1: It's not. And I'm a John Maxwell team speaker, trainer, coach. And one of the things he talks about is sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. He's even got a book titled that. And you mentioned that earlier that you weren't necessarily learning because you were scooting out before things got really, really hard and teaching. That's the growth mindset that we want to have in intentionality is understanding that we need to grow and learn from all of our experiences because Just like you said, why would I start a podcast in the 60s? And why would I quit my job in the middle of a pandemic? And why would I completely change direction? Well, it's time. And everything that we've experienced up to that point has laid the groundwork that we needed to stand on to be able to do that. Some people's groundwork can be laid at 20. I'm super jealous every once in a while, if I'm honest. (laughs) But, you know, mine wasn't laid at 20. I didn't know who I was. I was, you know, at 31, just like your son, I was like, Oh, maybe my parents aren't stupid. I mean, I was just, you know, it just took me that long and it, it all, we all need to be able to, as I've said before, give ourselves grace and understand that what happens with us is our journey, right? And all of our journeys are different. They're all unique. They're all beautiful and they're ours. And when we can come to the realization, just like you did, that we own our own journey, that we own our own person and it's all good. Sure. We have things to learn. We have ways to grow. But if we accept as who, as who we are, then we're able to move forward much more easily. And P- your coaches all the time talk about get into this space of ease. And I'm like, where is that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd love to know what that feels yeah, like, beautiful. but because I'm a little bit of a striver and a mover and and that's okay. And I just need to be okay with that and figure out how to. Be optimistic and present and energetic and courageous and wise and make sure my mouth doesn't say things it shouldn't just because I'm feeling all these other things and then intentional about it. It just it makes all the difference to be able to do those things. So kudos to you.
0: I'm really well, proud of you. I'm like your thank husband. You. So tell our listeners how they can find you.
1: The best place is the intentionaloptimist.com. And if you're on Apple podcast, it's intentional optimist, unconventional leaders. And that part is really important because none of us are conventional. So either one of those places will get you to my website and all of the different um, links. And I'm on social
0: media and you can find me all those places. Well, I'm hoping our listeners do find you. I do. Uh, you, you've been delightful. And you know, Even if you're not ready to make a change, learn about it. You might know somebody that this may be helpful for. Um, I'll tell you, I wasn't ready up until about 11, 12 years ago. And uh, I just will not stop. Uh, I've warned my family that the day I stop is when they put me six feet under. And then I probably will still be telling them how to do it right. So
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the thing, once you start growing, it's it's a little bit of a oh well that door opened. Oh, and that, oh, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, it's just you it, you really can't. Anybody that's truly dedicated to becoming better
0: and to growing themselves isn't gonna stop. Well, again, thank you for joining us today. And thank uh, you. The best of luck and happy holidays. As to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye now.